the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10. They are in Christ positionally, but they are walking carnally, and they are walking after the flesh. So Shaul Paul is emphasizing this here, beloved brothers and sisters. Some which think of us, verse 2 at the end, as if we walked according or after the flesh. And Paul is saying, I beseech you. You know, when Paul beseeched the brethren, he beseeched them. Twice he's using the word I beseech. In verse 1, now I, Paul, mentioning his name, I, Paul, myself beseech you. Verse 2, but I beseech you that I may not be bold. I don't want to come and be bold to point to you that you have been listening to those that spoke in such a way against us that we are walking according to the flesh and not according to the Holy Spirit of God. He said, when I come, I don't want to speak like this to you because I want you already to understand not to listen to these some, and that also these some will change your mind, and we realize that Paul really, what he said and what he did for the benefit of the Corinthians was not done in the power of the flesh. It's amazing to see how Paul was, in a sense, opening his heart to the Corinthians. And he continued now in verses 3 to 6, not only that he beseeched the Corinthians not to listen to what some says about him, but Paul now answered to those who think of him in such a manner. Now he's giving them an answer from among the Corinthians in verses 3 to 6, and he's speaking directly to them. Notice verse 3, though we walk in this as human, we do not uh, depend on our flesh here. In verse 3 he says, For though we walk in the flesh, we're still here on, in this body, we still have this sin nature, but yet we do not walk after the flesh. You see the difference? You see? The expression, we do not walk after the flesh, that means that we are not, the flesh is not that which govern our lives. We are seeking to walk in the Spirit, to walk in according with the guidance of the Holy Spirit of God and not allowing the flesh to take control over our life. And when he used the word for flesh, he doesn't mean the skin that is on the bones. What he means here about the old sin nature that we all have, beloved brothers and sisters, the flesh is the sin nature, you know, that we have. And we have this sin nature that's still within us. And we are struggling here in this world because of this sin nature. And therefore, Paul is dealing uh, with this by telling those who accuse him that he is not walking after the flesh. So, this is essential for all of us, beloved brothers and sisters, to understand. That's why Paul is writing so strongly to the Corinthians 
about this. You will notice, by the way, that he continues in verse 4, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, and having in a readiness to uh, revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So what happened here, in the next verses, actually verses 3, 4, 5, and 6, the Apostle Paul presents before us here what kind of, of warfare is going on and how to handle a warfare in the life of the believer. And he's speaking about himself and those that are with him who are constantly under opposition, Satan attacking them, the world is influencing them, those who claim to be believers are against them, those who are not believers are opposing them, and they are in a war. And you remember elsewhere, the Apostle Paul will say to the Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 6, he will say, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So Paul is saying, listen, he says in verse 4 now, for the weapons that we are using in this warfare are not carnal. Oh no, they are not carnal. We are not using them. We are not trying to win uh, spiritual things with our flesh, with our carnality. You see, a believer, a Christian, follower of Christ, follower of the Messiah, can be carnal. First Corinthians 2 tells us. But the spiritual-minded believers, they still have this warfare here in this world. But the first thing that he is mentioning here, that the weapons that he and those who serve with him using is, number one, not carnal. Not carnal at all because carnality is, in other words, being fleshy being guided by the human nature, it's not that which pleasing the Lord. And that's why if you remember, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul said about the carnal one, he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 14, For the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned? This is the natural man, this is the unbeliever. But then he says, but here's a spiritual man, but he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself judges of no man. But then in chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians, he said, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal even as unto babes in Christ, babes in the Messiah. So the Corinthians were carnal. They were believers, they were saints, but they were carnal saints. 
But Paul says, no, no. Our weapons of warfare are not carnal. We are not fighting. We are not wrestling here in this world with our own flesh. We don't do so. Secondly, notice that he continues and he says now in the next verse, in the same verse, verse 4, but they are mighty through God. In other words, our weapons of warfare are not carnal, number one, but number two, they are mighty, they are powerful, but they are powerful through God. It is God that works this within us. He is the one that assists us in a spiritual warfare. But he continued, and he says, notice this, not only that we are not using the weapon carnally in the flesh, and that we are strengthened, and our weapons are mighty, but it is through God, through God the Holy Spirit, but this a mighty, powerful ability to do this warfare we are able, because of the help of God, to pull down strongholds. In other words, because we lean on God for the spiritual warfare, we are able to pull down even strongholds. You know, there are many strongholds in this world for God's people. There are many strongholds. In the Hebrew, the word is mivtsarim, a stronghold. Other translation called it strongholds or, you know, places where there is fortress, places that are, we are somehow inside or there are things that are causing us fortresses in our lives that keeps us and keep others from living for God and there are very areas in our life in the life of God's people that are sadly causing them pulling them down away from the Lord certain weaknesses and failure and attractions and desires and motivation that have become like a stronghold in our life Paul says no we are weapons, are number one, not carnal. Number two, they are strong through God. And number three, they are able to pull down many, many strongholds. Many, many uh, fortresses that are, seems to be strong, but with the help of the Lord, He can defeat them and help them along. And if there are some of us that might have various strongholds in our lives that cause us to stumble and not uh, fight the fight, the spiritual warfare in a, with the strength of the Lord and not in, in the flesh, there are strongholds that the Lord is able to mightily pull it down to help us, like it helped Paul and those that were with him. And the Corinthians needed to learn that. He continued and he says, look what the the mighty strength of God is able to help us in this victory. Is verse 5 now, casting down imagination, you know, imagination, to cast down all sort of human imagination, beloved uh, brothers and sisters, imagination that rise up in the mind of men, casting down arguments, uh, casting down every proud obstacle, casting down 
the proud things that are raised and happen in our life, anything that the weapon which is God's strength uh, help us to cast down imagination, human arguments, proud obstacles, because we do not do it in the power of our flesh, but in the power of God. And then notice, he continues in verse 5, And notice, not only casting down imagination, but casting down every high thing that exalts himself against the knowledge of God. You see, beloved brothers and sisters, everyone and every mind, every against everything and everyone and every high thing that exalts himself against the knowledge of God. We know better than God, some say. What God said in His Word is not correct, some say. Some say, well, we know better than God. And Paul says, no, no, no. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. The weapons of our warfare are mighty through God. The weapons of our warfare are able to pull down stronghold. The weapons of our warfare is casting down imagination. The weapon of our warfare is uh, casting down every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And notice that, number six, the weapon of our warfare, verse 5b at the end, is able to bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. In other words, when we use this spiritual weapon, which is the strength that comes from God, we are able to fight that warfare, to wage that spiritual warfare, and to defeat everything that is before us. Not to do it in the flesh. We are able to pull down strongholds. We are able to cast down human imagination. We are able to cast down every high thing that exalts itself against God. We are able to bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now that's amazing what Apostle Paul is saying unto the believers at Corinth. You remember the verse that we read in Ephesians uh, chapter 6 and verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, not in yourself, but in the power of His strength. This is such an amazing truth to learn, beloved brothers and sisters. We cannot trust ourselves. We often time fail when we don't allow God to lead us. To our people of old, God says in Zechariah, beloved brothers and sisters, God said to uh, Israel, and the word of the Lord came to Zerubbabel, the leader of the nation of Israel, in verse 6 uh, of Zechariah chapter 4. Then he answered, and he spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Lo bachail, velo bekoach, 
כי אם ברוחי אמר אדוני צבאות. God said, it is not by might, not by power, by human power, not by your flesh, but it is by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. This is the very same lesson that Shaul Paul is seeking to teach the Corinthians who were accusing him and speaking against him and saying that he came in the flesh. He was not really doing what he did in the power of God. He had to correct them and said to them in verses 3, 4, 5, and 6, he said, For though we walk in the flesh, We do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of the of stronghold, casting down imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought, notice that, to the obedience of Mashiach, of Messiah. And if there is anyone who pleased God, from the day that he was born until the day that he died, The Lord, Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah. He is the one that did always the thing that pleased the Father. You remember what we read about the Lord Jesus? John 4 and verse 34. Jesus says, My meat and my drink is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Chapter 6 of John, verse 38 and 38. Nine, we read Yeshua's word, For I came down from heaven, not to do my own will, but to do the will of him that sent me. What an amazing testimony Yeshua the Messiah had to say to the, the Jewish people when he was here among his Jewish people in the land of Israel. Well, Paul He is the following of our Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus the Messiah. He is instructing in verses 1 to 6 that how you are going to wage spiritual warfare, beloved brothers and sisters of the Corinthians. Here it is. I don't do so in, in carnality in the flesh, but I do so in the power, in the mighty hand of God, in the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And now in verses 7, to 11 as he moved for verse 6 he's telling them and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled he says really we have readiness to go against all disobedience because disobedience is that which do not please God he said when your obedience is fulfilled what how beautiful it is when To see an evidence of your obedience to the Lord when you are here. God's people are to be obedient, beloved brothers and sisters. This is exactly what we all need. Sadly, we fail in this many times, beloved brothers and sisters. The apostle Yohanan, that is John, wrote in 2 John and in verse 5, he said... And now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning, that we love one another, uh, John has written to the believers. And uh, how wonderful, in verse 4 he says, I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in truth, 
as we have received a commandment from the Father. So, walking in truth, loving one another, walking in love and in obedience to the Lord is a desire of God, and it was a desire of the Apostle Paul for the Corinthians as well. Now we are moving along to the next portion, how to use spiritual authority. Paul is speaking of himself. He's opening his heart to the Corinthian believers. As he's writing them in, uh, to them in 2 Corinthians 10, verses 7, 8, 9, 10, and 11, how to use spiritual authority. Don't look on the outward appearance, he's saying to them. In verse 7, he said, Do you look on things after the outward appearance? If any man trusts to himself that he is Christ or is the Messiah, belong to Christ, belong to the Messiah, let him of himself think this again, that as he is Christ, even so are we belonging to Christ. We belong to the Messiah. We belong to the Lord Jesus. In other words, you know, don't look outward only, but recognize that the Lord knows our hearts. And the Lord knows everything about everyone. So he's saying in verse 7, Do not look on things after the outward appearance. Doesn't it remind us when King David was going to be chosen to be the king of Israel? You know, when Shmuel came to the family of Yishai, that is Jesse, to look out for a king to reign instead of Shaul, who failed the Lord, and when Yishai, that is Jesse, presented his sons before the Lord, we find out that the Lord had to remind Samuel that the Lord is looking on the heart. The Lord knows the heart of everyone that belongs to him and serves him. And so, Samuel needed to learn that the Lord is looking on the heart. Man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. This is so beautiful to see. The Lord looked on the heart of David, and he see the inside, and he saw that he was a man after God's own heart. And therefore be careful, do not look on things on the outward appearance. If any man trust to himself that he belong to the Lord? Okay, let him of himself think this again. Well, make sure that you are right with the Lord, that you belong to the Lord. We also belong to the Lord. We know it because of our relationship with him, Paul is saying to the Corinthians. And then he continued to speak about authority. And he speak of authority that was given to him for edification. He says in verse 8, for though I should boast somewhat more of our authority, which the Lord has given us for edification and not for your destruction, I should not be ashamed. He says, even if I will present my authority before you, and if I boast in it, I'm not boasting it in it because I gained it on my own. I received this authority from the Lord, which the Lord has given us. And you notice he used the word us because Paul never wanted to exalt himself. He's speaking about others. Although he was the apostle, others were serving with the apostle, 
but he is using the word us. And I think he would apply this to you and I as well. Whatever measure of authority the Lord has given to us in our life, he wants us to recognize that this authority was given to us in order that we will edify and bless others and glorify the Lord. Paul did not want to seem as if he is testifying unto the Corinthian and terrifying them that they will be afraid of him. He didn't want them. But he had an apostolic authority. In verse 9 he says that I, this is Paul, may not seem as if I would terrify you by letters. You see, I'm writing to you these letters, but I'm not writing them in order for me to terrify you, to scare you, but I'm writing to you in order that you will be convicted and restored to the Lord. In verse 10, he's telling these Corinthians that some of them, this is very sad, some there said that Paul's letters were powerful, but Paul really had no authority, and that he is weak when he is present with them. But in that Paul's speech was really contemptible, really not good, as they were accusing him here in verse 10. Beloved brothers and sisters, notice that, and I'm reading this. For his letters, you see, they are saying, for his letters say they, that they is the some among the Corinthians who were really rebelling against the Lord and rebelling against the authority, the apostolic authority of Shaul Paul. They are, it says, they say how weighty and powerful his letters and that his bodily presence is weak because when you look at Paul, he didn't look like some sort of a, you know, man with, he looked like a simple Jewish man who was just among his brethren and among his people and reaching out with the message of the gospel. He was just another person that he came to serve the Lord. And then they say that his speech was really worthless, amounts to nothing, have no account, amount to, to really nothing, contemptible, they say, about him. 